we have part two of the highly coveted Pastor Brian Wolfmuller's theological bull riding episode this week, and we're going to discuss some very difficult topics, but uh, unfortunately our culture, society has forced us to go into this. This is Matthew Garnett. Welcome to In Layman's Terms. I'd love to be able to hold up a person's own thinking and a person's own words to the same scrutiny that they hold the scriptures and say, boy, (laughs) you have contradicted yourself and therefore you have shown yourself to be an untrustworthy authority. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. All right, so we've got part two of Pastor Wolf Mueller uh, from our interview. And uh, I want to just say right up front, uh, this is not going to be child-friendly. This We're going to be talking in very uh, in very specific deep detail about some aspects of sexuality, uh, specifically sexual perversion, that is not going to be good for, for children. So if you normally listen to this in the car with the children... That's not this. That's not the episode for this. Uh, we're we're going to get very specific about some things, uh, and I'm going to talk about uh, talk a little bit about that, and just kind of try to walk through uh, some of this. I, I want to nuance it in a sense, but at the same time, I don't. Uh, but at any rate, I just I just want to give you that warning up front that uh, that the, that we get that we get right down to the nitty gritty here, uh, and and really talk about some of these these sexual issues uh, the way they almost need to be discussed in our day and time because. Um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of come to that situation. But before we get to all that, let me remind you, the Kenuel Project is is live. Um, we need you to donate fifty dollars one time. We have the listeners. If if everyone does this, um, we can build really what amounts to a state of the art uh, well there in Kenya, which which has a lot of potential for them for the future. Not that not that we're going to be funding it. We're going to fund the well. Uh, maybe they can find some funding for whatever they want to do with the well after that. After that, uh, but but if nothing else, this well is going to give them um, a lot easier and consistent access to water. As you know, I'm in touch with a, uh, at least one person there, Fred Ancho from Kenyan Christian Arts. But I've also been uh, communicating w- with and really consider the primary contact person there, the uh, the chief of the village. I'm actually going to put a. Uh, I haven't done it yet. I need to get this up on the website. A, a letter from him stating the, the need for this well um and it's, and it's handwritten it's just it's amazing it's amazing um just to think the potential there uh for, for these sorts of things you know fred and his school are fortunate to have internet access and we're able to contact us uh you know it's 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 amazing what what goes on over there i don't completely understand it i'd love to visit sometime if it didn't cost a bunch of money i'd do it uh, and we're trying to raise this money, so the last thing I want to be doing is spending money to go over there and check out the situation. So, uh, and maybe some of you guys are wondering about that. You know, hey Matt, why don't you go over and and check out what's going on? Well, I mean, if you if you guys want to, you know, it, it you know it would it really be a four or five thousand dollar project for just for me to go over there. And I'd, I'd have to miss two weeks of work to get over there, and the and the plane tickets, you know, are, are fairly reasonable for a trip halfway around the world. You know, but you're talking about still talking about fifteen hundred dollars uh, for that, and then you know. Um, yeah, I I do make money driving trucks, so um, so so going over there is I I, I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I think we have uh, um, I think we have plenty of testimony from over there that that these people are indeed in Tabaka, uh, Kisi, uh, Kenya, in Africa. They're they're at, they're there. We've got pictures of them carrying water. They need our help. That's that's just the long and the short of it. Um, 
And so, so at any rate, um, you know, in talking with this official, th- this is going to be really helpful to the, to the village. And they're very grateful for, um, you know, f- for Fred because, you know, he's a, he's a landowner there. That's, that's rare. Um, he's got family who, who, um, you know, exchange land and have lands and they have special deals with these sorts of things. He tried to explain it to me one time. I, I think I kind of understand, but I'm not going to kind of belabor that, but, um, it, it's, it's an interesting situation, but they've got a plot of land to do this on. And, and the chief there, that's what they call them. The chief, uh, you know, is, is really happy about this. That he thinks this is going to be very helpful for the, the, the village as a whole, because they do, they do share these types of, of resources. Um, while, while they do engage in a lot of capitalistic endeavors, um, something like this that's just a basic need, a basic resource. This is something they're going to share, it's, and the whole village is going to benefit. And and then from there, the kind of well we're trying to drill again um, has the potential to provide to be, to begin providing for some indoor plumbing uh, for, for a very real part of the village. I mean, you know, I grew up on a farm, and that's that's how we got our water um, into the house. We had we had a well uh, drilled out in the pasture, and we had a plumbing system that pumped water into into the house to to the pumps to the hot water tank and so on and so forth that's that's the way you do it um you know if you're if you're not on you know you out in rural oklahoma out in the middle of nowhere there's no city water <laughs> that's there's no such thing so you have your own you know you have your own well and uh and and you pump the water from the well to the house and that's how you get your water so you know it's not a very complicated process but um uh, but it does take some funding, so it, so at any rate, um, you know that's 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 kind of what's going on with that. And and again, you know, we can get this all started with with a donation one time, fifty bucks, one time, fifty bucks. That's 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 one of the reasons why Pastor Wolfmuller agreed to come on again so soon uh, was to help out with this project. It's 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 ambitious. I agree. Um, again, you know, I talk about direct giving on on the website and if you're wondering about that i would suggest you go watch uh, a film I, I don't know if it's on netflix anymore but if it's not you to just buy it or just get a hold of it. it's called poverty inc and it really describes how um charities in america um you the way things work is for anybody to spend any amount of time on doing charity work they have to be paid for it and that just um that alone interferes with with the money getting to where it needs to be directly I mean, very few charities have a, a pass-through rate of you know fifty, sixty percent because they have to pay salaries. I mean, they have to literally have people working there full time. And you think, I mean, and, and these charities are doing good things. I'm not, I'm not decrying them. I'm just saying, you think about a company like World Vision. Well, what's their CEO getting paid every year? I mean, to run an organization that large, you have to have somebody with CEO type experience. I mean, that's just how things are. But what does the see? What kind of CEO, you know, doesn't want a pretty decent salary? I mean, the the market demands uh, for that sort of thing. So, uh, so I, I really like this direct giving thing, and I think we're in a real unique situation uh, to help in in a very real way, where you know, not a lot of American hands are going to get on this money. And not not that I'm against capitalism or anything like that, but but when we're raising money raising money for a charity, we want it to as much of it to go to them and to go in country as we can. And that's why I mean, some people have warned me about, oh man, you might be getting ripped off by the the borehole company, and I'm and I'm like, well, you know, I plan on negotiating with them maybe at some point, you know, just getting getting them on the phone and paying an enormous phone bill to, to talk to them about negotiating the price. Uh, but at, but at the same time, I'm not worried about getting ripped off. Uh, you know, they're you know in in America, 
Um, just depends on who you call and what the situation is and how far they have to travel and all that sort of thing. You know, to to have a well drill is not cheap. It's not cheap. Um, and these people, I mean, there's, there's very few of them in, in, in the country of Kenya. Uh, and they're, they're having to travel all the way from Nairobi, uh, which is, you know, several hundred miles. And they're, they're going to have to bring all their equipment out there. They're going to have to come out there, do a survey, bring their equipment out. So it's, it's going to be an expensive endeavor for them. Uh, so they've got to cover their costs, and they've got to make a nice profit off of this sort of thing. Um, and I'm sure when they see American, they might try to take advantage. I got my eye out on that. No worries. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. But uh, uh, but if nothing else, I mean, we're, we're helping a, a country in Kenya who's trying to, you know, who's trying to rise up. And, and do something uh, to help the country. So um, they may try to <clears throat> they may try to take advantage of Americans, but I mean, uh, let's face it: what business in America doesn't say, "Hey, you know, if these people will pay, if they're willing to pay, you know, I mean, what's something worth? What somebody's willing to pay?" So, so that sort of thing we'll have to investigate. Maybe you know that that's kind of the getting in the weeds of this whole thing. But but at any rate, this you know this is pretty cutting edge type stuff. You know, this this direct giving thing is very new. Um, you know, especially to me, uh, I've done a lot of research on it and I, I just, you know, thought, you know, this would be a great thing to do. We could do it. I am so confident we can do it. And, and several of you have already given and thank you to all, all of you out there that have, that have contributed to this, you know, it's, um, uh, it's, it's really exciting. So anyway, so sorry to kind of go off on that. I just want to give you the details about it. It's, it's really, uh, you know, it's, a it's a nerve-wracking thing to think about trying to do this and like, ah, oh, is somebody trying to w- rip me off? You know, what's the corruption in the country? And you're, you're thinking about all these things. Um, and sometimes it's hard to get your mind around. Uh, but, but several of you have already donated. You just jumped right on board. And, and, I, and I hope that the rest of you would too. Because at the end of the day, even if we like, you know, whatever, you know, even if they're overcharging us, you know, a couple thousand dollars, big deal big deal you know divide it up between all of us given 50 bucks who cares you know if they're even if they're over and charging us you know three or four thousand dollars big deal that's that's no big deal to us especially like i say when we're dividing it up this way you know 50 bucks a piece nobody's gonna miss that whatever you know they're overcharging us um so so anyway i I just want to let you know I've, i've given thought to all these things and i am researching it and i'm always checking up and i'm always trying to hold the people over there accountable to say hey this is what we're doing you know, I need this. This is what you need to, to give me, you know. Um, and I need to put that letter up from the chief. I really do um, on the website so you can see it uh, because that's one thing I requested. I, I wanted another uh, another contact there uh, besides Fred Ancho and Kenyon Christian Arts uh, just just to give a little more legitimacy to it. So anyway, that that's my big speech on it. Please keep giving. And, and I mean, I don't want to say there's no rush, <laughs> Because, you know, I, I don't want you to, to blow it off. Uh, but I know some of you out there that you've been talking to me and you've been saying, you know, yeah, we, we're going to give. Um, we just have to decide when the best time to give is. That's fine. I get that. You know, I understand $50 makes a difference in, in a budget. And you do have to plan for these sorts of things. I mean, I, I, I mean, my wife and I do. I mean, if we're going to spend 50 bucks on something, it's not just like, you know, go out and drop $50. No big deal. You know, and it's not something we discuss. Um, but you know, for us to, you know, $50 is, it's, it's a significant amount of money in a sense. Uh, and, and it may need to be, you know, well-timed, uh, for you and your family. And that's fine. That's fine. We're, we're willing to kind of stick with this for the long haul. 
Um, and again, if you give and you and you get impatient and you're like, well, you know, this isn't this is this doesn't look like this is going to happen. I'd like my money back. That's no problem either. Um, you know, we, we can get your money back to you. Uh, you know, uh, but but we're willing to stick in this for the long haul for as long as it takes. Anyway, sorry for the long speech on that. Just you know, uh, please donate fifty bucks one time. All right, enough of that. Now to Pastor Wolf Mueller's uh, interview with me, part two. Very important stuff we're talking about this week: sex, human sexuality. And and again, uh, hopefully you've got the kids away from this. Uh, but we really get down to the nitty gritty of this. And one thing I want to say: I mean, we're we're going to talk about some very very politically incorrect things, and some and some things that are even politically incorrect inside the church. These are things that we don't really talk about inside the even the walls of the church but but the but what what's happened is is that society and culture has forced our hand to talk about why it is that we think homo say so homosexuality is bad for people we we, we have to literally spell the reasoning out behind that um I think a lot of times the reason the commands of Holy Scripture aren't spelled out for us um, are because they should be obvious, and we miss that a lot of times. I know I did. I, I mean, look, it's it's been in re- recent years that I've had my mind changed about this. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, but but it, but what it took was somebody stating the obvious to me, and so maybe that's what's going to take. And that's the approach Pastor Wolfmuller and I take. Now, look, um, the whole reason we discuss this, the whole reason this is a concern to us, the whole reason, listen, friends, I mean, I know there are Christians out there who just, you know, like the, the Westboro Baptists who are hateful and mean and just want people uh, who have uh, struggles in these areas to just die and go to hell. That's not what Holy Scripture talks about. Holy Scripture warns about sin because it, it cares about people. Because sin does destructive things to people, very destructive things, and and it does not only does destructive things to the person involved in the sin, it does destructive things to everyone around them. Sin is bad for everybody involved, um, and we may not see it. We may see a command of scripture and say, "Well, I don't really get why that's a command," and then we and then we go ahead. Well, because I don't get why God commanded that, I'm just going to go ahead and break it. And then when we break it, and then we find out. And, you know, then God disciplines us, right? God discipline, disciplines those He loves. Uh, the Book of Hebrews tells us that. And, and when He disciplines us, we find out, oh, oh, now I see why. That's 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 forbidden in Holy Scripture. See, um, so at any rate, and sometimes it takes, and for a society, sometimes it takes several years to see why. Um, those sorts of things. I, one thing that um, concerns me, I don't want to say I'm fearful of it, but I am in a sense, is that, um, is that, is that gay couples are going to start adopting children. And why am I afraid of that? Well, nobody knows how, really, there's no sociological studies that, that have any substance. We don't, it's hadn't been going on long enough uh, of, of children raised in, the home of two men who are quote unquote married. There's there's no there's no research on how those children turn out. There's also no research on the longevity of marriages that are same sex. We we this is all complete this is a complete social experiment. With this is a, this is a 
throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks type of thing. Um, and so, so while all those problems are there, the, the, the big thing is, is that, is that I want anybody who might, uh, be listening to this, uh, you know, I am not scared of gay people. I'm not, I've had many, many gay people, gay friends throughout my, my lifetime. That's like the whole, you know, I've got many black friends and, and I, you know, I shouldn't have to defend myself against that charge. Because that's not the issue here. The issue here is, is, is if you and Pastor Wolfmiel and I talk about this, if you say you love someone, you will tell them the truth, what you believe to be the truth. So, what would you rather have? Would you rather have me lie to you, um, and not tell you what I think might be harmful to you, or would you rather have me tell the truth? All right. Anyway, so we got to get to it. Pastor Wolfmiel and I cover all these these topics, heavy stuff. Uh, but before we get there, I want to mention um, KNNA, The Cross. Uh, yes, the radio station we were on. I need to start mentioning these things, right? Um, out of Nebraska. So if you go to uh, thecross957.org and you click on their menu up there, it will give you the schedule. We are on um, KNNA 95.7 FM in Nebraska, uh, several times during the week. They've, they've put us on that. We've been, they've been so generous with us and we're so grateful to be on there. Um, also pirate Christian radio. We're still on there. Uh, 3 PM Eastern noon Pacific. Um, check us out on pirate Christian radio. Um, and with that, we will get to part two of the pastor Wolf Mueller theological bull riding interview. Here we go. What do you th- think about that whole idea of authority? That's one thing I'm really, that that really bought. That was the one thing that really, I, I just couldn't, I could not square as as a as a liberal. Is okay. Well, we really don't have God's voice from Scripture. That's just a collection of stories from people who thought they were interacting with God, but we're kind of on our own out here. Uh, and I'm kind of like going, well, that's going to end badly pretty quickly because somebody's going to set themselves up as the authority. So. <laughs> Um, you know that—that's the part I—I I, I really couldn't square. I, maybe comment on that a bit for me. Yeah, I don't, no, that's right. I mean, everybody has an authority. Um, uh, you know, most atheists claim that their authority is science or reason, um, and and yet, uh, if science or reason contradicts something that they have in their creed, uh, they are quick to throw it out. You, you mentioned the, you know, the twenty-week fetal pain. Yeah. Thing, you know, science is telling us that babies feel pain at 20 weeks at least, and uh, but that science is inconvenient, so that's thrown out. So, so, you, so, what is the authority that's there? And I think it's shifting. I mean, I think, and for each person, it's going to be a little bit different. But, but really, that question, "What is your authority?" is also the question, "Who is your God?" Right. Because that's it. But most people uh, have the God, their own God, and rather than trusting God's word, they trust their own word. Now. I'd love to be able to hold up a person's own thinking and a person's own words to the same scrutiny that they hold the scriptures and say, boy, (laughs) (laughs) you have contradicted yourself and therefore you have shown yourself to be an untrustworthy authority. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. But uh, no one likes that. No, no, that's right. And and what we start to realize is that all these these things about contradiction in the Bible is is really, in the end, it's a smokescreen for a guilty conscience. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's there's a way where I could say, oh, look, there's a different number in Second Chronicles that I read in my atheist collection of contradictions in the Bible, and that makes me feel good about really doing uh, however I want. We see, we see all these arguments are not 
are not all are not pushing towards the Bible's immoral, so I'm going to be more moral. Yeah. But the Bible's immoral, so I can do so. I can be autonomous. Right. I can be I can be free. And autonomy always ends not with life, but with uh, but with death. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 strong points. I, yeah. One of the kids asked me, I don't know, a couple of Sundays ago. You know, why do why do people want to do this with the Bible? I mean, this is this is something you know. Got Lutheran kids, well catechized, you know, and um, homeschooled, and, and not that they're sheltered. I mean, they know they know what's going on in the world, but they just don't get it. it. Doesn't make any sense to them because they they haven't been out there in it, and they don't understand what the motivations behind that. But I'll tell you what my motivations were were, were exactly what you described. I I wanted to I, specifically six commandment stuff. I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do according to the sixth commandment, and that's you know. That is, I'm, I can, it, it, you know, and that's that's what I tell them. I said most of the time it's six commandment stuff. They 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 want to they want to put away the Bible so they can they can, you know, join the sexual revolution. Generally speaking, is is what it is. And and I can promise you that is no way to live. That is a horrible way to live, um, and it, it's it's terrible for your soul. And um, and, and eventually your conscience is going to catch up with you. Um, or worse, um, maybe your mm-hmm. conscience won't catch up with you. It was what the really scary part of that is. Um, mm-hmm. So, so at any rate, yeah, good, good, good stuff there. Now, okay, so what about all this male dominance, especially God being man? What's what's the big deal over that? Why can't we, you know, why can't we have uh, God be a a a heavy set black woman? Uh, you know, what's what's the big problem with that? Yeah, I um, I, this is so far from. I mean, maybe it's me and my male white privilege that doesn't, <laughs> that's not troubled by this thing. But, uh, um, but my wife isn't troubled by it either. Uh, uh, but again, I, you know, there's a way that, um, that if God is going to be God, He's going to be God in in a way that He is God, and not in the way that we that we want Him to be. Uh, there's things about God that uh, that trouble me. There's there's things about the truth of the scripture that that uh, make me uncomfortable, uh, but that doesn't mean that I say, well, that I don't, I don't like it or I don't want to deal with it. I mean, uh, the, the the whole point of the preaching of the law is to point out our own um, our own sin and our own need for a savior. So um, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure wh- what it is that we expect. I mean, if if God was a big black woman, then we could just—you'd have the same complaints. Well, why is God a woman and not a a, a man? Uh, that's 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 a that's a problem without a solution. And if we're looking at problems without a solution, then you know that there's something else motivating our looking for problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, what do you you got thoughts on that one? I um. Well, I th- I I think that um. So I so I'll just, I've, I've done this before on my podcast, and so I'll just say it again. I'm a, I am a fan of patriarchy. Um, I, I think um, you know male headship is what used to call it. I think the, the evangelicals are spot on on this. They're 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 very tied into to men being being leaders, as as Saint Paul teaches us in, in Ephesians. And I and I think that that idea of being male is is critically important. Um, and, and I, and that's why God reveals himself, you know, as he does. And in, when, and when we, uh, when we separate that, when we, when we try to confuse that, then we end up confusing it 
among ourselves. So if we're going to call God a, a heavyset black woman, then we're going to be confused about um, what our roles are as men and women uh, in family and, and in society. And that's going to turn into a gigantic mess, which it obviously has. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. you know we, we can't even, um, you, you know, based on it, we can't even tell if, if, a, if a person is a woman or a man these days. I mean, there are, there are transsexual men out there who look like women. And I think that's a huge problem um, because, you know, the, the institution of the family is, is the thing that, enti- that, that in the entire culture and society is founded upon. And, and that's mm-hmm. why, you know, when I hear politicians talk about, oh, I'm not worried about the social issues, you know, two men can marry each other, two women can marry each other. You know, a guy can be uh, a, a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man and that sort of thing. And, and, and there, they overlook one very basic principle. What, what is going to perpetuate uh, the species and, and, the, and the culture and the society? Well, it's the basic family unit, a man and a woman raising children. I mean, we, we, have, we have a few studies out on, uh, on what the effects of a, uh, a, of, a, of a child being raised you know, by, by, by two men, say, how that turns out. But we're still not sure yet. Still not sure how these right. you know how these children are going to turn out. What you know what's the next generation going to look like if this kind of goes goes viral, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's um, it, it's a it, it's a it's a mess. And you know we um, uh, when we start, I think that begins when we start to mess with you know God's gender. When we start to confuse that, then then it just trickles down to 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 everything else, and and it's supremely problematic as, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah. that, that's, that's, uh, that, that would be, um, that would be how I would argue against that, you know, is to say, look, this, this is how, this is how God revealed himself. Um, and if we, and if we start to monkey with that, then it's going to have ramifications, uh, for us as well. So, uh, I think it's, I think it's, you know, the whole distinction between man and woman is, is critical and, and foundational uh, to 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 life itself and and like you say when when you ignore these things and and you harden your heart against them it, it just results in death and and destruction right. you know so um you know that that would be that that's what frustrates me a lot about our politics is it seems like oh you know what's the big deal if a, if a you know if a man who's a woman wants to go in you know uh, in the women's restroom uh, you know who who cares about that we you know we should just stay out of that stuff that that stuff doesn't matter you know we, let's talk about you know you know, domestic economic policy. Well, you know, there won't be a need to talk about domestic economic uh, economic policy if we don't have any people to to provide an economy. All right, right. <laughs> you know, that that'll be a moot point if we right. keep monkeying with this the way it is. So, so anyway, so it kind of kind of drifts off into politics, but I think it begins right there with confusing God's gender. Um, you know, and and I don't think we can be confused about. Uh, well, and I, you can see this on some extremes. You know, people. Uh, talking about Jesus not having a gender, really, you know, and, and making some bizarre argument about that. But um, but at any rate, so, yeah, that's that's what that's what uh, uh, that's that's where I would go with that. So uh, now what, there's a yeah. there's a basic point there, too. I mean, if someone, you know, if it's in the middle of the night and and there's a bear scratching at our front door and I said to my wife and my kids, hey, you guys go take care of it. I'm going to hide here in the closet. You would say, 
that is not right. Yeah. I mean, everybody would say that's not right. And yeah. they say, well, why? Well, what's wrong? I mean, are you a patriarchal or, you know, but this is this is the point of the patriarchy, I suppose, is that the men are supposed to die for the for their wives and children. Absolutely. The men are supposed to go out and, and take the the brunt of the, you know, to take the heat, to take the bullets, to yeah. take all these sorts of things. And we see in science, science, right, <laughs> that in fact, men are 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 built for these things in general. Yep. I mean, uh, my son is right on the edge of being able to beat my wife in arm wrestling. Not yep. quite yet, but right on the edge. Yep. And um, uh, and you know, and I'm and I'm watching this, and I'm just thinking, you know, this is the, uh, this is how it goes with just the Lord has given men bigger muscles, yep. stronger bones to go out and, and bear the sort of thing. He's given right. women uh, a, a lot of more wonderful and subtle gifts to be able to, to to take care of and to and to just recognize that and to rejoice in that yep. is great. We, we were talking about the sexual revolution and this has to do with patriarchy and all, all this sort of stuff. But um, it, I mean, I think we should all be feminists in this sort of way, and that is that we should we should be able to recognize what are unique gifts that the Lord has given or that to take. Take God out of it. Just say that, that creation, or that we, what are the unique gifts that we find that men have and that women have? Yep. And how can we embrace them? That's true feminism. Yeah. So that a woman sees that if she lays down with a with a man like her husband, it's a pretty good chance that that she'll uh, she'll have a baby in her womb. It'll this and this changes everything for her. I mean, it changes her life. It changes. It changes her body. I mean, it changes the structures of her bones. It changes her everything about her body. Changes. She has a she has nine months of of caring for the baby inside of her, and then a whole lifetime of taking care of that person uh, uh, after they're born. And and true feminism would say would be, hey, if you uh, a man want to come and lie down with me, a woman, then then you should 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 uh, embrace the 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 risk and the joy that comes from that act right you should in other words you should uh, be with me in all of these things that you should support me through all of these things that you that you whatever it is you can't just leave me because now my body looks different and now i have this woman uh, or this this baby and and i'm not the woman that you want me to be or whatever no you should bind yourself to me and to the children that come from this in other words true feminism looks a lot like marriage yep yeah <laughs> where where the man is sharing the burden of the of the children that are coming along, yeah. Uh, it, but we go the opposite way. We say no, no. Feminist means that the women should be able to have sex like a man, to be able to lie down in the bed and stand up and have no consequences. Yeah. That is the opposite of feminism. That's that's that is. It's like in everything about that kind of feminism is is women saying that all the things that make us women we despise. We want to be more like a man. Yeah. Well, if a woman says, "Hey, I wish I want to be more like a man," you can't call that woman a feminist. Yeah, it's 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 everything is on its head now, and yeah. we have to stand, kind of, uh, the Bible and the scriptures and the church has to stand condemned because you're because we look crooked because you're standing on your head yeah <laughs> right. the whole thing is absurd yeah no that's right well and that and that's why i'm a, I'm a fan of patriarchy because that's that's the thing if, if you know if, if somebody breaks into my house you know i'm, I'm going to be the one standing there between my wife and children to take the bullet i'm not going to put my wife up there that's that that is not again i completely agree true feminism is patriarchy i mean that that, I, that is completely in uh, politically incorrect to say 
but but men um, taking care of women and protecting them and, and letting them uh, be women, <laughs> you know, in the truest sense, just like just like you laid out there, is, is uh, to me seems like the most feminist thing to do in the world. But you, like you say, everything is is turned upside down. Where where a man uh, a woman wants wants to be more like a man, and she calls that that feminism. I don't you know I don't think so. Now let me roll this into being a pastor because I have similar thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours first. Why women shouldn't be pastors? Uh, why why the, why Holy Scripture strictly forbids this? Yeah, well, the first um, so the, the reason the first reason is that the Bible forbids it, and we follow the Bible. So, I mean, even if it didn't make sense to us and seemed weird, um, we just the Lord said it, so we do it. I don't permit a woman to to preach or teach. Uh, in the church, says St. Paul. So so we say, okay, fine. Now we can look at the reasons. So I think we want to be careful in digging too far into the reasons um, because because really, if someone comes along and they say that that reason is wrong, well, that actually doesn't change the command. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why we don't have women as pastors because the Bible says women shouldn't be pastors. But, um, but it makes sense when we have a biblical worldview because like we were talking about, um, the, the Lord puts the men to be soldiers and go out front and uh, and die, and the same thing is true spiritually. That there's an authority there, and so the um, the the pastors are the ones that are set to be martyrs that are there to take the arrows of the devil and so forth and so on. And so the Lord sends out the the uh, the pastors uh, to do that kind of labor. Um, right. Yeah. It doesn't. It, I, I I suppose. I mean. And it's not just that; it's also not the case that that it's true that no woman can be a pastor. But it's also true that not every man can be a pastor. Right. It's not just that you're a man and you automatically are a pastor. There's a lot of other restrictions put on the thing. Right. On the office of being a pastor, but um, I don't know the, the whole thing. I suppose I used to wonder about it, but now it doesn't seem to be. Just seems it kind of makes sense. It's like what woman would want to do this right. <laughs> I mean, what, what, <laughs> yeah well that's that, uh, you know you let the guys go fight you let the guys go preach yeah. um you let the guys build the house uh and um and whatever and you uh uh get to do the blessed and, and peaceful work of of love right uh i don't know well yeah and i i think there's a there's a misconception about the pastoral office, that it's that it's some sort of you know big big position of power, you know where you've got you've got a lot of authority, and and you do have that, and you know in a sense, but you know my experience being a pastor was that is generally speaking a very uh, servile and thankless job most of the time. Um, you, you you know, and, and you get a lot of criticism and not much, not much else. <laughs> At least that that was a lot of my a lot of my experience. I mean, you get you do get some some compliments and there's some feel good about it and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, it's I mean that's that's my big question to a woman who wants to be like, why, <laughs> why do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, even men who oh I want to be a pastor, well, why? Why do you want to be a pastor? I mean, that's like the mm-hmm. lowest, uh, you know, form of servitude. You know, if you know if you're if you're up for for self-sacrifice and, and, and serving and, and that sort of thing, okay, then then maybe um, you're, you're out there putting a big target on your chest for the devil to shoot at. Uh, fine, you know that's you know. So so I compare it. I compare being a woman being a pastor to a woman being on the front lines of the military. Uh, both you know both of which I disagree with. You know you don't you don't mm-hmm. put the women on the front lines. That's that's mm-hmm. silly. 
So why would we put the women mm-hmm. on the front lines of the spiritual battle? That just doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So and I agree with you uh, that, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, all this is, is founded on the historical fact of our Lord's resurrection. You know, a, a guy who claimed to be God rose from the dead. And I think the evidence points to points to the fact that that happened. And so, it, you know, so then we know that historical fact. And we look at what the guy said. And, and what the guy preached, and we just we say, okay, you know, uh, why do we follow this command? Because the guy that rose from the dead said so. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. you know, let's just mm-hmm. go with go that route with it first. And if we can't figure it out, we can you know, let's reason about it. We can argue about it and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, you know, we're going to obey because that's what what, what scripture says. Um, okay, I've taken up an hour and five minutes of your time. <laughs> so I probably now you're going to get to the hard one. Well, uh, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more time you got left. Yeah, yeah, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Okay, all right. Um, so let, so let's go to homosexuality. This this was the one. That, uh, this is this is one that's turned for me very recently in the past. You know, uh, say five years since I. You know, really since I've been a Lutheran. This is this is really what I, I resisted coming back into the church because. Uh, because of this issue. And I just couldn't, you know, so I, I had all the arguments down. I mean, I went, went to Claremont School of Theology, so I knew how to argue uh, that the Bible really didn't did, didn't condemn homosexuality. And, and they, they're pretty good arguments, I have to admit. Um, you know, the whole, the whole notion of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, that, you know, that, that, was, that they practiced homosexual rape, and that's really what was condemned there. And when Leviticus talks about it, well, you know, in war, in war, this is what you did to your enemies. This is what pagan nations did to their enemies when they conquered them. Is they, there was homosexual rape involved in in that whole thing. So it was it was forbidden for those reasons. And when Saint Paul talks about it, what he's really talking about is pedophilia. He's not talking about consensual, loving, homosexual relationships. There really were no such thing in that day and time. And so, therefore, the scriptures, you know, in their cultural context, while they seem to condemn homosexuality, really don't. Um, you know, they, they don't have any concept of a, of a loving monogamous relationship, say, between two men. Um, and that that one was uh, that that one I got, you know, was kicking and screaming when I when I finally realized those arguments uh, don't hold. But I'd like to hear your your arguments against that. It, it is an interesting thing. So um, so you have the. So you have two arguments. One is, so you have the assumption that homosexuality is good, and then you have then you have the secondary argument, which is going to be, the Bible condemns it, therefore the Bible is bad, and then you, but then you have the secondary argument, the Bible doesn't condemn it, therefore the Bible's not that bad. So n- normally when we're when we're facing it, we're facing the first argument that um, most people can see that the scriptures plainly condemn uh, homosexuality. Um, as a as a sin, uh, as a disorder, and so forth. Um, but you you have a you have a different argument, and that is that the Bible um, didn't condemn it, or right. that what whatever was condemned in the Bible was a more perverse form of non consensual uh, sexual activity. But but the problem is that the thing that the Bible is defending constantly is um, is is intimacy. As the as a as a, I don't it's I don't know if we can use this word but we need a different word that's almost this word that, but the, int- the intimacy between a man and a woman is a sacred act 
So, so Paul says, for example, all other sins man commits outside his body, but sexual immorality commits inside his body. That there's a um, that sexual immorality is a it's a unique kind of category of um, of of sin, and and so the Bible wants to work very hard to protect chastity in in every form, uh, which is to say, to protect the marriage bed. And uh, and homosexuality is just in every way plainly not um, a, a husband and a wife. Um, it, it's it's um, it's something different. Right. It's two men or two women or something like that um, having something like a uh, sexual experience together, uh, but it is not procreative. It, 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 there's no children that come from that. And that's the thing that the Bible is after: is this is protecting the gift of family and, and children and so forth. So there's no way that the thing um, called homosexuality ends up being uh, what it, 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 it. There's no way that it ends up being on the approved list from the scriptures because the Bible is not interested in um, consensuality. I mean, I said. If, if consensuality is the standard for what is good, um, you, you are not dealing with a biblical worldview. Right. Um, the, the Bible has so much more to say about uh, about the act of sex and protecting it uh, that to, to try to argue any differently is is very different. It, it, it just falls up short. Right. Well, let me throw this at you because this is what turned me on it, and it's. <laughs> It's pretty crass, but this is this is what I needed to hear. I heard a, a guy arguing against homosexuality, and I was, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, no, no, that's not, you know, and, and he's arguing from the scriptures. I'm like, no, no, that's not what they're saying. And, and then finally, he came to the point. He was he was in a debate, and he basically said, I don't. It doesn't make rational sense to me how you can say one man sodomizing another man is loving, and something mm-hmm. finally clicked. In mm-hmm. me, and I'm going. Wait a second. Now, this is a sixth commandment issue, but I also think it's a fifth commandment issue. Mm-hmm. So, because mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you think about that that act between, particularly between two men. Um, you know, you know, we should, you know, Luther teaches us that we should not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, right? Um, mm-hmm. in, in the fifth commandment. So, it's, maybe talk about that a little bit. I, this is this is one question I, I really wanted to get to you. With uh, is 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 that act a, a fifth commandment issue as well? Right. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It's a violent act. I mean, this is part of the problem. I mean, the, one of the reasons why it's so disordered is I was having a, this conversation with two. Um, they're kind of family friends, and they go to the I don't know some very liberal Methodist church, and and they were you know they're one of these kind of reconciling, welcoming uh, churches, and. So and they were kind of they were talking about that and they're like I don't see what the big problem is, and um, and uh, with with homosexuality and and I I tried to make the same argument I said look every time a man goes to lay down with a man he's doing violence to him mm. it's a it's an act of violence of of a violation it's doing things that are unnatural so uh, you're driving up the you're driving the wrong way on a one way street. Uh, to put it particularly crassly, and that's yeah. gonna and it does damage, right? And um, 
And that's not kind. There's nothing kind about that. But then people say, well, what if they don't? What if people are not in, engaged in, in sodomy? Well, then what, what are you then? I mean, there's, there's nothing. Can a man love another man? Absolutely. We should probably have more um, male friendships yeah. in this world where you have men who, are, who, are, uh, who love each other. You sure. know, but that, that doesn't mean that they're if I mean we gotta so watch the ears of the children here, but it doesn't mean that they're having orgasms inside of each other. Right. I mean that, that's really what the you, you, that the act of having an orgasm we want. This is the the argument we want to have an orgasm in whatever hole we want. <laughs> we want. Yeah. And uh, and that is um, that's illegitimate. It, yeah. It's not. It's it's just. I mean, just to take it on the face, that is not a way to be a decent human being. Right. And 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 to get upset that the Lord is going to limit uh, the holes that we look for, uh, and to be and to be enraged about that, and say that God then doesn't exist, is a particularly childish uh, uh, way to embrace life and this universe. I mean, right. it's, it's it's kind of absurd. Yeah. Well. So then, yeah. so that's what we're we're. It's what the scripture says, but it's what common sense says yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think you can make a, a very rational. You know, talk about you know reason, very reasoned argument against it, and 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 scripture supports it. Um, and that's that's one thing that I found <clears throat> find particularly beautiful about about holy scripture is you can question it. And 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 look and, and particularly in this case, and you can you can reason your way to the scriptures sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, and and I I think that's that's a real for me was a real strong argument to say okay, you know why do I have to always reason my way toward it? Why don't I start with it and try to, then try to figure it out? You know, just like the 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 women in ministry thing. Another thing that I had a hard time letting go of because it just didn't make sense to me. Um, but finally I said, okay, it's, it's okay. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's what the Lord commands, uh, because all this other stuff, you know, I've, I've reasoned through, it makes sense. So we're going to, you know, let's, let's stick with, let's start with the scripture and say, that's right. And I'm wrong, <laughs> uh, rather than, than, well, I don't get it. So we're going to toss it out. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, you, you kind of flip the, flip the thinking on it and, uh, that, you know, it, yeah, again, that, that's not that doesn't get discussed very often. You talk about, you know, well, I, I, I love this man, but I'm going to do violence to him. OK, when we talk about love, what are we talking about? We're talking about the Ten Commandments. You, right. you, you can't you, you can't tell me that um, if if my wife consents to me punching her in the face, that that's OK. That's still not yeah. an OK thing to do, even if she consents right. to it. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> so that's right. And, and this and the argument there too. It's I mean it doesn't you don't have to look at it that hard to recognize how that it falls short. So it's, people say, well, look, who are you to judge uh, who I can love? Well, that I'm a human being, and you should also be a little bit more judgmental about who you love. I mean, yeah. so we're uh, you know the, we're we're kind of reeling from the horror of all these this sexual misconduct in the last six months, and that is a reminder that you can be judged for who you love this guy this this kind of monster who was abusing all these girls on the gymnast team and yeah. what who are we to judge who he loved well of course we're human beings to judge who we who we love and to judge that if you what you love is good or bad is is the basic act of of ethics yeah and so to say that because we love something it, it, it is beyond judgment or beyond scrutiny is utterly absurd i mean what if i, lo- I what if i love to 
to lick tires, you know, and I'm always, I'm sneaking out at night to go down the street and lick the tires of all the cars parked in the street. And you would probably say, that is not good, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I mean, you should not do that. But why, who are you to tell me who, who I can love, what I can love? I love this. You can't judge me. Right. Of course you could judge what you love. That's, if, I mean, yeah. I, it, it, it doesn't. It, the, the argument does not make any sense. It's not even. It it makes so little sense that because I love something, it, it's good or it's right or it's beyond judgment. Right. It's not even an argument. Yeah. And uh, and you're asking us to buy into that, and and then you're using that to to contradict the scriptures, which give us God and the cross for our salvation. Right. 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 Uh, well, and and, oh, we, and we've got and we've got to completely. I mean, you talk about love. My, my first question is: somebody says, "Well, I love this person." Okay, define love for me. What what does it mean to to love? Because just like you said, this this guy that abused all these these gymnastics girls, you know, he could say he he loves that. Well, okay, his definition of love is not the biblical definition of love. If you want the biblical definition of love, go to Exodus twenty and read the Ten Commandments. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what this is mm-hmm. what Saint Paul and our Lord said, both say. So if you're doing something that is in violation of those commands, you are not being loving by definition. And that gets back to the whole issue of authority. Who's going to say what love is? Who has the authority to say? And I would say, let's put that in the hands of, of our creator. <laughs> uh, that, that would be a pretty, pretty good option instead of us making it up as we, as we go along here. That's, you know, uh, leads to some pretty disastrous results. And, and, and the thing of it is, is, you know, uh, people say, "Well, you know, you should be you should be welcoming and affirming and all these things." That's that's the loving thing to do. Well, again, I, I bring it back to this whole idea of you know, if my wife consented for me to punch her in the face, it would not be a loving thing for you to do as a pastor to say, "Yeah, that's that's okay, go ahead and do that." That would not be loving. <laughs> that would be, in fact, the opposite. Uh, mm-hmm. you, your your duty would be to tell me, you know, again, you want to go lick tires. Your your duty would be to tell me, no, this is not good for you. Uh, I care mm-hmm. for you. I want the best for you, and what this is, this what you're doing here is not is not good for you. This is bad for mm-hmm. for your soul, and it's bad for everybody around you, and it's destructive. Um, and so, so we need to figure out a way to to to, to get past this. You need the gospel, uh, but but you've got to hear the law first, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's difficult. That's difficult because uh, I think uh, in our day and time, you know, it's we we think it's loving to give people the gospel when what they really need is the law. Um, they've got mm-hmm. to hear the law first. Um, and, and, and then, you know, that's, that, you know, that, that's right in accord with, 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 with what Walther teaches, with, with Luther teaches and what our confessions teach, um, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, and, and, yeah. and we want to see, I mean, cause there's a great danger there when, when the argument comes to love and then, and you have love so misdefined that what it does is it steals away from us. In fact, as Christians, what not what we are called to do and who God is. So so um I heard someone say in this context talking about this stuff they said look we Christians should have a should have a corner on love. I mean we're the ones who say God is love. And that we can look at the person who's a sinner in whatever sort of crooked way and say to them hey uh uh I love you and I would give up my life for you. Even though I in other words we we don't want to let them take love from us. We want to always be those who do love. Right. Um, uh, and yet to re- recognize that love is ordered according to the Ten Commandments, That's that, that God is going to be the one who sets up what love looks like. Right. 
Right. That's right. That's right. Well, and, and you know, and that's that's the and what's what's funny about all this, Pastor, is you know I I had these you know I, I experienced some of this in in the church and, and but not really. I mean, this whole idea that the church is not welcoming to uh, to people who who have uh, um, you know the concupiscence towards being homosexual. Um, is, is I think that's completely false. I mean, I go to Redeemer Lutheran in Fort Wayne. You know, probably one of the most conservative Lutheran churches in the Senate. If if you know, um, and and gay people attend our church, and we talk to them, and we're friendly with them, and this sorts of th- these sorts of things. I mean, we don't. You know, I've we I've got a friend uh, there uh, that that we argue about this all the time. Uh, but but we ha- we're we I'm not gonna you know we don't lock the door and or put a sign up and say no homosexuals welcome or any uh, you know that sort of thing that that is not happening on a, on a broad scale it happens you know an incident here an incident there or, you know somebody you know, a certain pocket of people might report something like that but but most of the time it's you know there's there's two sides to every story um, I recall this um, uh, it, this one man uh, Greg Eilers who was a, a Lutheran pastor uh, who who uh, suffers from gender dysphoria and transitioned over to uh, had had the surgery and the whole shooting match and started at, uh, attending uh, a Lutheran church and they they didn't they weren't any of the wiser but but he decided it was a good idea to put this on his blog and it, it caused all these problems for this for this church and um, and they would not have affirm him in his decision to to transition um, and so he left and. So I'm going now. Wait a second. What do you what do you expect from <laughs> from us? We we have to give up. You know, we have to give up what we believe. So you can, you know, that that's uh, that seems pretty unreasonable. You know, as far as that goes. So, you know, the, these things are we're we're open to discuss them. I, I'm convinced of that. That's that's exactly what I found as I've kind of you know put my prejudices aside. And said, "Okay, what's what's really going on here?" Um, and, and it's it's a two way street. You've got you've got people coming in saying, "Well, we want you to affirm me for for who I am," and um, and we say, "Okay, now wait a minute. Um, we we you know we accept you as a human being, and we we love you. We want the best for you." Um, and so, you know, but, but here's the deal, you know, uh, you know, we, and we, we were straight with them. Um, yeah. So, so at any rate, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's a simple issue, but it, but it gets complicated. <laughs> and, and in this way too, because it's one thing to deal with it politically and it's another thing to deal with it personally. And, yep. and we oftentimes have to speak, you know, with different tones. Um, you, you know, it's one thing to, to say to the culture Hey, we shouldn't kill the babies. Uh, abortion should be illegal, etc. And it's another thing to to be talking to the mom who's who's guilty because they they had an abortion. Right. Uh, you know the, um, the the distinction between law and gospel it shakes out differently in different kind of conversations, and it's different to you know to to talk about the the homosexual lobby versus to talk to a person who wrestles with same sex attraction. That. Um, there's just different conversations, and it's sometimes helpful for for us to remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like you said. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. I think that's 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 spot on. You know, and um, you know, it, what's <clears throat> what's particularly interesting to me is uh, is, is some of the some of the folks 
that I've met that, that struggle with these these diff- different issues like gender dysphoria or homosexuality, it, I've been surprised at how often they 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 will say, you know, look, I don't expect you to affirm me in this. Um, I, I get I get what you're about, um, and, and I want I'm trying to check this out. I'm trying to sort all this out myself, and you know, um, I'm I'm struggling with this. You know, give me give me time. Absolutely, no problem. Um, you know, that I've been surprised at people who, who will say that, you know, this is something that we should not mainstream. This should not be the norm <laughs> uh, because, because of the, the various reasons we, we've laid out, you know, uh, and, and how it you know, affects culture and society and everything else and, and, and particularly affects your soul. Hey, preacher man, give me the gospel. It brings- All right. So there you have it. Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, rare form. Me too, a little bit. Um, thanks so much to Pastor Wolfmuller for doing this. Uh, very much appreciate it. We, uh, we 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 had a swing and a miss uh, one week, and then came back, did it this week, and uh, and, and got it in there. So I, I appreciate the the generosity. He you know he's a busy guy, uh, much in demand, and, and I appreciate him coming on here and, and sharing his thoughts on these on these tough issues. Uh, so at any rate. Um, thanks again to him. Um, KNNA, Pirate Christian Radio. Check that out on the website. You can do that. On, you can go to the website, check live radio stations, and of course, give to the Kenya Well Project. We'll see you next week. Give me the gospel. Give me the gospel.